I'd like And we're on <laughs> That was fast Hello and welcome back to Spilling Tea Podcast Today I am here with my friend Danul And also a guest visitor from Los Angeles um, His name is Ben Come on, LA girl Come on, LA yes. <laughs> So I'm going to let both of these boys introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about who they are and where they come from. And whoever wants to go first, go ahead. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, hi. Just kidding. <laughs> um, um, my name is Janul. I am 28 years old. Um, I live here in Providence, Rhode Island. I work in... Wow, uh, we're not even a minute in, babe. <laughs> um, <laughs> I work in mental health. <laughs> I work at one of the leading psych hospitals. I don't want to say in the country. I actually don't know that. But it's the one of the leading, it is the leading health psych hospital in Rhode Island. And um, I'm also a drag queen. Yes, yes you are. Thank you. And Ben, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi there, I'm Ben. I'm originally from LA. I'm a primary care physician. Oh. I'm a primary care physician, family medicine. Been practicing for the past 10 years. I'm 42. I've trained in Texas, work in San Francisco and LA, lived in Mexico, U.S. So oh. definitely I got a bit of a both cultures growing up both sides back and forth so excited to talk a bit about mental health what yeah. part of mexico uh michoacan which is south cool. of guadalajara okay okay <laughs> like, i have no idea where that is yeah. <laughs> well you spent some time in mexico yeah i lived in uh, playa Dacami, for six months so today we wanted to explore mental health in the GLBTQ, ABCDQ, HIG. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't disrespect the acronym. It as, gets walked on enough. I know. No, as someone who like led Safe Zone trainings, I used to hear that a lot. Right, no, no. It's kind of funny that you said that. I was like, what? That was, I, I totally respect every, every letter. Except for asexuals. What is that? I don't like sex. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more about that, actually. Asexual? <clears throat> I don't. I've. I know nothing of that because I've never been asexual once in my life. <laughs> I came out the womb like ready to suck. <laughs> <laughs> so I just don't. I. I. I I understand why people aren't sexual, mm -hmm. but I'm also like, I just don't understand how you cannot be sexually motivated. Like, especially when there's things involved. I don't know. <laughs> like, people go to the club and they leave and they're like, yeah. I'm like, nobody was attractive. No. I'm like, I feel that sometimes. Lies. <laughs> no, I, I absolute do. lies. I absolutely feel that way. Yeah, probably when you leave, like, machine because they're all like 18 and white so <laughs> I was like you're about to insult plenty of communities for that just, just by listing out certain places just, just the white ones but uh, no don't get me wrong I loved machine but it was a 
it's a very selective crowd. Yeah. And I know your crowd, and that's not them. <laughs> in the nicest way possible. Yeah. So. I don't know. Maybe it's just like Rhode Island. <laughs> and Mass. <laughs> well, there's just, it's so the same thing mm-hmm. every time. There's nothing new. Mm-hmm. No one, that, that's the one thing, is my friends have started parties in New York and they go or LA even or the south and people go to them they support them they and people show up if i try to start a party mm-hmm. like october 1st it would be crickets <laughs> it's just people here like they're consistent they don't want to go in. They don't want to try anything new. They like their scene. They like their bar. They're yeah. That's they're, it. They're complacent. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good yeah. word, I guess. But I, I think that's why I travel so much too. I, I just like. <laughs> I, like <to> see. <laughs> yeah. I just like to be in different environments. You know, yeah. Just trying of course. things, see new faces. Yeah. Maybe that's I don't know. That's what. What is that? What is that? What is that called when you just. Like adventurous? Maybe I'm just adventurous. And, or you're just not and, boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, yeah, that's a really great way to put it. Because I, I would have put it, like, with my, like, negative, sometimes my negative spiraling thoughts, I'd just be like, oh, well, maybe I'm just All my thoughts are negative. Too no, I'm just kidding. Or, but, like, maybe I'm just too, um, you know, I, I, you know, I'm judgmental or something. I don't know. I don't think you're judgmental. It's just that... Your titties falling out there. <laughs> my t- your titties falling my out of your boob pocket. Out. <laughs> I can speak yeah. <laughs> no. Oh no no, go ahead. You interrupt me if I don't remember. <laughs> you forgot your thought. I no. did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. I have two thoughts on those. On the asex- asexual, the only way that I can think about it because I can also can identify with that, <laughs> but it's like. Um, <laughs> that pleasure that we're getting from sex for them it's coming from another way and another source Mm -hmm. so almost like their brain is wearing a different way Mm -hmm. that they really really don't need that to satisfy maybe for them sex is another way another avenue of finding different things Mm -hmm. correct and they really don't need it yeah now the traveling part and all that i think (laughs) is some people we like we divide into crowds the comfort zone and people right. that thrive in the same things over and over and really right. don't have right. any desire and like and also the environment like you said maybe you don't have friends that really travel or they Correct. they were born in a household where they really their parents never left the state and they kind of stuck to that it does require a little bit of a personality type to go beyond your boundaries and right. other places but I think in the gay community, we do that more than the straight community. Though. Oh, 100%. For sure. Yeah. Just, just traveling? Traveling yeah. and, yeah. you know, adventure in other places just because we... But well, we have less options in general, right? Well, we have less worldly options. Like, we're not legal in some parts of the world. Yeah. Like, we can get killed. Literally just for being gay, for traveling some places of the world. But also literally, right? Like... When you think about your options, if you are a straight person, right? Like oh, we went left real quick. We went right to death. <laughs> Love that. We we're like, we don't have many options. Yeah, we could die. <laughs> no, but seriously. So no, but it's it's mental. That's an issue. That's right. Right. If you if you think about the options you have as a queer person, like it's different because you know you're limited to one the people that are out, 
to people who you know you're interested and attracted to your racial composition or demographic is that something that you know is part of like what interests you and then there's like I don't know then class. people who go out class people yeah class yeah. classism yeah. classism yeah there's there's so much that goes into it too right and yeah so then it just kind of like where are well, how much how many options do you actually have you know like sure we have like great apps Things like that, but at the same time, it's like, do we? (laughs) 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 But at the same time, it's like, grinder. Yeah, yeah. You have like a lot of headless people that you have to like cipher through. Right. So, you really like look at it. Like, we have more options today than before, but where, where, how, how far have we come? But also, I hate when people use that to justify that, like. Oh, they're trying. And I'm like, okay, no. Any, but if we were, well, at least for me, I'm not very heteropassing sometimes. I mean, I did have a giant bag walking, walking in here. Sometimes I can be a little straight passing, Mm -hmm. but like a straight couple can literally go anywhere in the world and not, and not do anything. But God forbid two homosexuals or two lesbians are holding hands walking down a street and they literally get run over by a car. Like, I know that sounds extreme, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things that people are like, oh yeah, like, there's so much more options now. Like, you don't have to be so upset. I'm like, no, people are literally dying for being queer. Like, yeah. in the middle of the street mm-hmm. in America. Yeah. Like, 20 minutes ago. Yeah. So, yeah. That's true. So, I mean, like, no hate for sure. Like, to anyone who, like, feels like they really can't come out right right oh 100 percent. stay in mm-hmm. as long as you want yeah go ahead I mean, you have to, i get it yeah you have to take your own time right right so let's get into our icebreaker question um this question kind of digs a little bit deep but i would oh, like God. to <laughs> i read these but i forgot them so <laughs> who are you when nobody is around an absolute narcissistic sociopath <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> Go first, Mr. Doctor. <laughs> I don't know. I never thought about this. I don't have a definition for that. Who I am. I think I'm, I'm honestly, I think I'm very inward and very into my head when I'm alone, when I'm with no one around. Hmm. It just, I've always been that like that since a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just always thinking about like things in the world and why the meaning of things and all that, which if I continue that mood when I'm around people, they will say like, this is an antisocial guy. Like a psychopath is gonna burn the house right now. Love that. <laughs> I love but, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I never thought about a definition, but I think that's a close that I can get to. Um, I have one. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the question again? I forgot. <laughs> Who are you when nobody is around? Okay. Um, truly, I am. I'm very in my head. Hmm. I have the range of hyperactive disorders. If there's a hyperactive disorder, 1 through 10, I have 1 through 10. So physically and mentally, I'm everywhere all the time. I'm always thinking about this. Am I gay enough? (laughs) Am I pretty enough? Am I this? Don't laugh at me. (laughs) But... And But then... Sometimes there's just so much that I just like don't care. Like right now, 
I look like a mess. Mm -hmm. I came down from New Hampshire this morning because I was visiting the fam. And I was supposed to get a haircut, line up, get my eyebrows done today. Did I do any of that? No. I got my monkeypox vaccine because I thought that was more important. Um, Nonetheless, you look great. Thanks, Mom. It's very natural. Don't do that. Stop. Don't do that. Not natural. You know, just like... Caveman looking at us. Um, no, but I, when I'm alone, I'm just, especially when it comes to my art, mm-hmm. I'm like, I just, I'm like, oh, I'm never going to be good enough. Mm-hmm. But then when I'm out, I'm like, I'm the best bitch on earth. <laughs> yes. Shots. Not shots, really. Shots. But, yeah. I don't drink that much anymore. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not here to judge. Anyone. You better not. <laughs> <laughs> or am I? This is called the Spilling Tea Podcast. <laughs> um, so I think for me, I, I, I connect with both of you. I would say for me, I, I, I relate to Ben the most. I would say like I'm very much like in my head and inward. And Ben pointed that out today, actually. Ooh. Yeah, you were saying that I'm like, when he met me, I was like very like, outgoing and like you know kind of like really present and like just like kind when did of, you guys meet hmm? when did you guys meet new year pride <laughs> <laughs> that's what that means like this new year's <laughs> yeah oh yeah. get into so, it so, so i think part of that was also like me just like being in my in my element right and like yes and just like just being my full self right whereas like when i'm home i'm i'm kind of like I'm also really inward and I'm like taking time for myself and just really focused and just going through my normal routine. But I did start to explore that today because I started to think, you know, should like, do I need to be different when I'm home? Like, should I always be on and present or do I like take switch it off or should I always be, you know, like, should I always be in my element? Should I always feel like my true authentic self at every point in time, you know? I'm not. Mm-hmm. I make a point to not be. Because mm. being like your true authentic self, when people say that, I'm like, mm-hmm. shut the fuck up, that's bullshit. <laughs> like, everyone's like, I am just me all the time. And I'm like, no, Becky, last night it was 1 a.m. You were throwing up all over yourself, <laughs> crying. That is yeah. not your true authentic self. True. Yeah. So, no, I... I don't want to be my true authentic self all the time because that would be a burnout for sure. <laughs> totally. I totally agree with that. I believe in the duality of things and even more than a duality, maybe a three-phase or four-phase. Because mm-hmm. it's like being is like a monotone if you're always that you're true to yourself or whatever personality you're throwing right. on. It's right. always going to be that. And the healthy, and that goes translates also to relationships. They said like in relationships that... I remember reading something from Mr. Perel that said like the key to togetherness is separateness. Mm-hmm. Meaning like you need to be separate in order to be together at one point. If you're always together, you know, you become clingy and all the problems start. So the same with the personalities. Mm-hmm. You need one or two or three and depends on the environment that we your friends. Right. You have friends that are for party, you have friends that are for like having deep conversations. You have yeah. right. for yeah, movies, yeah. So. I am so happy you said that. Yeah. Because I have I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I have a an ex in my life mm-hmm. who some of us may know in this room. Mm-hmm. Love him dearly, 
but he expects that everybody has to be on his level. All of his friends have to have the same mindset, money-wise, relationship, everything must equal in order for them to be friends. And I'm like, me on the other hand, I want like Oprah and then I want the guy selling crack on the corner of the street to be my best friend. Like, I'm not even kidding. Am I the guy selling crack on the street? Yes, 100%. <laughs> That's how we met, remember? I asked for a baggie. Oh, no. Um, no, but not to that extreme. But you know what I'm saying? I, the coolest people, like, you know when you go to that one friend's house and you're like, I cannot wait to go to that party because you know there's going to be like the owner of like a building yeah. and then there's going to be someone that's just like i showered today for the first time in a week because mm. i regulated my meds and i'm like i love this yeah i'm j just i definitely i want yeah. an abundance of friends rich poor crazy mm -hmm. boring mm -hmm. vapid yeah. like i want paris hilton mm -hmm. But I can't do ignorant. Like, if you're ignorant, if you're not that's willing to learn, then I'm like... I feel like that's also... Mm, I don't know. There's... You're stretching. Are you stretching it there? What do you mean? Do you, do, you, do you always befriend people who are educated and social justice oriented? And, well, there's a difference between befriending and, and then <laughs> keeping them in your circle, babe. <laughs> so there's, there's some people that you become friends with that you're like... Yeah, they're cool. And then they start talking about really important things and you're like, ooh, that's not good for my mental health. Yeah. So I'm going to have to brush that off or just only use them in certain occasions. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Yeah, I hear that. And on that aspect, I think there's like, <laughs> I think my therapist once says like, well, you have different circles. Mm. And you decide where you put your friends in that circle. Correct. You make okay. circles, you make three, five, four circles, whatever, and then you move them from levels. Maybe Correct. you had them in level one, very center, and then they did something shitty, mm -hmm. or like you found out something they're not aligned with your values or morals, right. and then you just move into circle three or circle right. five, and s someone that you're just going to say hi once in a while in the street. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> Getting uh, cracked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's interesting, though. I mean... I, I really like the, the idea that you, you have different circles of friends for different purposes, though, right? Right. Um, I'm still, like, learning, like, what those circles are, but I'm, I'm also, like, I feel like I've changed a lot the, the past few years. You know? I was just going to say that. Yeah. My circles are just always changing mm -hmm. because my values five years ago mm -hmm. are, they're similar. I kept about 20% of them, but yeah. I lost some and I gained a lot. Yeah. And that you're you're absolutely right, and I feel like my values have changed so much just the past five years, and I think maybe COVID had a little bit to do with that too. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah, I think maybe it started there, but also like I feel like na nationwide, right? Like people are going. It's on your side. <laughs> yes, but also I feel like people are going through kind of like this awakening, right, where they're really starting to look at their cards and look at their lives, reflect more. Correct. And think about what what they truly want. Correct. You know, and so like, I you know we were talking about this before, but I I recently quit my job. Go off. <laughs> Go off. That's so hot. That's so hot. <laughs> Come on, break my soul. I just quit my job. <laughs> but you know, it took. 
I was in that job for 10 years, for that, that career path for 10 years, right? And probably Oof. even longer if I counted. I don't know how you did that. You know, and it was, mm-hmm. it was, it felt very rewarding at first. And it felt like that's what exactly what I wanted. And then I realized as I looked deeper that I was really just looking for what I was, I always thought was expected of me. You know, I, I wanted a professional job where I was sitting behind a desk yeah. and also a job that was well respected and had esteem and that um you know it just felt like the kind of job that your parents would be proud of right Right. and i think now that i'm like really taking um i reflect and look at my life now i'm like maybe there's something else that i want you know just there's something else there right but we're here to talk about mental health right right so what i'd like to know if we just started from the basics what is your experience with mental health and Dan, I know that you've had a lot of thoughts about your experiences with mental health. I'd like to hear that. Ben, if you have anything else that you feel like you'd like to add, I'd like, love to hear that as well. Um, and then if you all want to dive in and talk about how it's impacted how you view yourself now. Yeah, so I work mental health in mental health as my full-time job. Um, mental health is way bigger than people think like people always think oh mental health that's you know just making sure that you're okay or you're not drinking no mental health health in general is everything that you do all the time 24 7 whatever um and i think people started to realize that again because of covid we all lost i have a control issue i know that i need to be in control of every aspect of my life Mm -hmm. and covid took all that away and i lost it Mm -hmm. i was like i can't leave i can't go to work Mm -hmm. i can't go out and do drag i can't go i can't do this i can't party i can't i couldn't do anything Mm. and that really makes you sit there and think okay i have to sit literally at my house all day and figure out a new structure of how i'm going to do my day-to-day life in the so-called world we didn't we all thought legit we were gonna die during covid we were like this is crazy Like, this is going to turn into Resident Evil. There's going to be some bitch in tight pants running around saving us all. Like, it was a lot. Mm -hmm. And especially for me, like, I lost, I just lost my brother. So I was already struggling trying to adapt with grief, which is a whole other spectrum of everything. Mm -hmm. So, and then going into that, being like, okay, well, you can't go out and do things that make you happy. I was like, well, fucking shit. Mm Mm-hmm. That's, that must have been, I can't imagine how hard that would have been, especially yeah. because like, I know that like when I struggle with things, like I know the best thing that I can do is like, like you said, like figure something out, like go out, do something new, go to the try beach, something new, go to the beach, get a new job, travel, right. get a new job. <laughs> <laughs> but, or be around a family or be around friends. And like during that time, like right. you were stuck at home. Right. Right. So that, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> you <welcome. Appreciate> it. <laughs> and what how would you say that it's played a role in your platonic and intimate relationships oh if i'm not well 
like my partner, I was fully like, I am a very emotional being. I can be a lot. That's just who I am. I have to outwardly express my emotions or I'm going to sit on them and they're going to bottle up and they're going to get mean and bitter and angry. Like most people, when you don't unroll things, they get pretty nasty. That's just how emotion works. So I told them, like, I'm going to communicate. I'm going to be honest. If I don't want to be around you, I'm literally going to say that. I'm going to say it the nice way possible, like, hey, this is a lot. I need my time. It's not you. It's me. For real. Like, it's just one of those things. And especially working in mental health, I see when people don't create boundaries for themselves and they have way more ailments than I do Mm -hmm. and they have Mm. way more worse situations than I do and they don't and they don't let their emotions unfold and they turn it turns bad it can turn really bad I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that I've been thinking a lot about too just like the fact that impatient I'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) but just Thinking about how, like, reflecting on your life and, like, actually making changes and taking action in your life. Right. Right. People are, all, people are always like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then the next week they're like, I didn't do it. No, like, actually yeah. do it. It's hot. It's like, it feels so but hot. It's, but it's right. so hard for a lot of people, Oh, right? it's hard for everyone. Yeah. Right. But also, like, I'm, I, I always have to acknowledge my privilege, right? Like, I, as a single person, I can make decisions for myself that Correct. parents would it'd be a lot harder for a parent right. to make, right? Right. As someone who you know has um, family members who are supportive, Correct. I have privilege because other people have different options. You know, so Correct. Like, I know that I had a cushion to stand back on. Right. Know? Should should I have and had you, to quit my job? And you're able. And I'm able-bodied. Literally, and you I are able-bodied. Right. And I'm resourceful. I have friends. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of social capital that I can lean on and things like Correct. that. Correct. So. I know it's. I know it's. It's hard. It'll be a lot harder for other people. Ben, you've been a little quiet. <laughs> what was the first question again? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think children that? and what was that like when Miss North Carolina? <laughs> she was like, quiet. I believe that the children, cause <laughs> me, such as and. <laughs> Talk to us about <laughs> mental health. Okay. And how it's played a role in your life. Got it. Yeah, I want to go back to that point about mental health. It's definitely a public health issue. Correct. I'm a, as a primary care physician, I'm the you know the front of the mm-hmm. insurance companies when it comes to anybody needing a referral. Yep. And during COVID, <laughs> it break you know loose. Mm-hmm. Like the the referrals to mental health therapists and psychiatrists went like 300 percent up. Oh yeah. A therapist, which that brings you to the mission, I think like therapists and mental health providers are really really you know, we're scraping, dude. We're scraping. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Underrated for the huge amount of work they do. Um, and their mental health is also in jeopardy just because of that. Seeing so many patients, complicated patients, very low reimbursement. Mm-hmm. And insurance and government just turns you know, a blind eye. They're not doing anything about it. The insurance don't even cover that sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's a craped out benefit. So financially, politically, <laughs> public health-wise, is a total mess, and they're not paying attention. Is a ticking bomb because everybody, especially in the last two years, mm. uh, a lot of issues have developed because 
a lot of you know we're talking talking about distractions people had distractions mm -hmm. you take those distractions away and they only have themselves in their home Correct. with their family how many family therapists that i refer to because mm -hmm. couples trying to divorce during covid or oh, kids. I didn't even think of that. Kids, oh, yeah. yeah. I just thought of, I'm losing my mind. I can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so true. It just goes deep. deep. Yeah. No, but I'm really glad that you said that. The fact that we are undermanned and also underappreciated. Mm -hmm. Like people, especially coming from someone that's a little more, you, I would say you're, you're definitely more clinical, correct? Then, clinical. Yes. So... In the medical community, mental health is on the back burner, mm -hmm. where they're laughed at. Like, I told one of our friends mm -hmm. um, that I was getting into mental health, mm -hmm. and he like laughed at me because he was like, he was like, "Oh, don't you want to make money?" And I was like, <laughs> "No, I, I, I don't. It's not about making money. Like, it's about." genuinely doing what I, I care but it's always like oh they're not respected they don't make enough money and I'm like well, okay well I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that is a, a big challenge and issue in the gay community I read this book called The Velvet Rage and I highly recommend it for everyone in the gay community and it talks a lot about like I honestly I read it and I, I felt like it was reading into my life and, which is really sad to say because I thought I was living an individual as an individual, <laughs> an individual experience. But literally, it, I felt like it spelled out every experience I've had. Right. And it's, and the book was written like I think um, several years ago, and the it was um, written by a researcher, a psychologist who had been studying gay men since like, who uh, I think the '70s or something like that. Like he had been reading into gay men for a while. But the stories remain the same, decade after decade. And um, one of those things that he mentioned was the fact that gay men like always need more, never content with the current reality. Why do you think that is? Why do I? <laughs> if I knew the answers to that, Th well, think about it. Well, well, I think a lot of it has to do with our childhood trauma, right? Correct. Because we are constantly trying to fight for our parents' love. Perfect. And. I, I've studied it, I've seen it, I've witnessed it. And it's funny because it, it affects our intimate relationships. Because so we've always much. fought from we've always fought to be seen because in order to be seen we always had to do more. Because my brother didn't have to do more. He was a straight man. Mm -hmm. He played sports and they were like, Yes, they were like, Oh, what are you gonna do? Because mm -hmm. they knew it was like they were like waiting for you to come out. Yeah. It was always what else do you have to do? Mm -hmm. And, and I, I picked it up one time. I was talking to someone that I was dating at the time. And they had mentioned how their dad had brought up one time that they are, unless they are making money, they are the F word. And if they were, and if they were, if they had wealth, then they are gay. They can be gay. Period. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, but but it, but I know that like that's the experience of many people in the gay community where you feel like you're constantly competing for needs in order to satisfy, like, overcome the reality of like being a, a part of an oppressed, marginalized community, or feeling like you're lesser than because of your sexuality. Correct. I always, for me, 
I always feel like I have to be more to show that I'm not straight. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I always have to be sometimes extra in order to like not feel like mm -hmm. somebody <laughs> somebody one time on TikTok called straight people defaults and that <laughs> stuck oh. with me because I'm like in a way personally don't kill me for this but I almost feel like that's true like default male kids right off the bat not as much anymore we're millennials well are you a millennial? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> My wig just went flying. <laughs> well, probably even more for you. Uh, little boys growing up had G.I. Joes and we had to play sports and stuff. Uh, the kids now, they're coming out of the womb like, yeah. yes, girl, work. Woo! Ballet and don't fight the war, but be a ballerina. And you're like, Fuck gender norms, yeah. But us as kids, like we we it was always like we were always pushed like this default status, like you're gonna do this and then you're gonna go to school and you're gonna do sports or something smart and then yeah. you're gonna have a kid and a dog and a white picket fence mm -hmm. and a house on a cul-de-sac and you're gonna love it. But now looking back on it, some some of those families were behind closed doors. Not well. Not well. Because either they didn't come to their full potential or they just encompassed themselves in this so-called default life yeah. that they s literally snapped. Yeah. It's basically like we need to earn respect in a different way because we know that we're not going to get respect by being gay. Correct. Mm -hmm. And we just need to do something else above and beyond in order to be appreciated or respected. Yeah. Move, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is which is really sad because I feel like how like how often do you really get to be your I will say this again your true authentic self right and maybe there's no such thing as a true authentic self like we're constantly evolving and changing right at the same time I feel like you know there's something to be said about the level of satisfaction right like there I, I had mentioned this to to a guy I, I spent some time in Florida like just spending some time alone like just doing some some reflection after New Year's and I spoke to the Airbnb host that I was staying at and mm -hmm. he he was a little bit older as well he he was in a um, in a marriage for 15 years and his his partner left him for some for because he wanted more money and wanted to build more wealth wow. right after 15 years and, and this is an older person this is someone who like has already retired Jeez. you know and it makes me think like is that something that i have to worry about now like even if i'm married after all this time like my partner's always going to be looking for more you know and that's that's kind of i scary. mean do you am i always looking for more yeah i think i'm always i i understand to an extent that i have to constantly grow too Correct. And I think, and I think so, so I think there, there's a duality there, right? You constantly have to grow. You, mm -hmm. you constantly have to work on yourself. But I also think that like, that's something that can be communicated Correct. in a relationship, right? Because that relationship clearly was not working. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. There is no reason for you to leave someone because they wanted to make more money. Exactly. That doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. That's just him wanting a, a new slice of the pie 
Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that, sir. That's not, you did not want more money. You wanted the younger, newer edition. You wanted the, Sorry. You wanted the new sunroof and the car starter. Honey. Sorry if this person is hearing this podcast. We oh, are they? Oh, are they in this podcast? No, I'm saying. Oh, I was like, uh, I listen to it. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I think going back to that point, I think I was like, uh, I'm just gonna jump off your balcony now. <laughs> awesome. I wasn't. T- I mean, I was saying that I feel bad for the guy because his partner left. Yeah. yeah. But. Yeah. Ooh, shit! <laughs> I'm gonna eat this onion now and smile. <laughs> Oh, uh, spilling <laughs> tea, so. Woo! Here's your. We have glasses of wine for a reason. <laughs> okay, I'm done with mine. Uh, I should finish mine. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to that, I think um, that's a good point, which I was reflecting as soon as you said it, because that relationship was founded on what? Was it founded on common interests and money? Mm-hmm. Because you need to find something to be good couple and stay for the long term to something that is not me not going to mutate you're good there for the right reason everybody's going to have their own interest so you can be your own person and chase that money and do whatever but that doesn't make me forget you for the reason why i chose you and love you same for the other person because we're going to be like you said we're going to constantly be changing so suddenly it's like see this uh it's i'm not going to mention names and i have a privacy patient all that but Uh this a clear example is like come on hippa A couple. We'll bleep it. Like eight years ago, I I met a couple in a clinic and we'll uh, say like, Carl and George. Okay, <laughs> perfect. And uh, they were um, a couple um, hetero, hetero couple, and uh, I hope they listen to this. They uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was transitioning. And she was still the same passionate wife and wasn't going to be there for that. And they continued until that. today. And all of them is like eight years later and they're together and they have a family. But she's, she says, that like, I don't like. That literally makes me cry. I don't That's love so him. cute. Well, look, physically, it's like, of course, he's handsome. But it's like, it goes beyond that. Right. I love the person that is in there. So no matter the change that he went through and everything, they still have some ground that was holding them together. So if someone tells me, like, oh. That's another example. I know a couple of his friends are like, and that person decided to quit their job. Is so like, oh, I don't want a police man anymore because I think it goes against my ethic and morals anymore, and hmm. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what are you gonna do? You're That's kind of hot, though. No I'm kidding. Like, <laughs> like, you're Dump gonna, that cop. Yeah, like, Fuck <laughs> that pig. No. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do now? It's right. Like, you're gonna do all these wimpy jobs. Are like, and they broke up just because of that because he thought that the husband was didn't have a future now with his new career path and left him. So like, why is like, what? Where was that relationship being tied? Oh my where was the god! That, that f- for my path of mental health and my education on that, I'm not a psych, mm-hmm. but I've been in mental health. I've been around issues in mental health my whole life. I should start there. Mm-hmm. But if you are with somebody. Not anything other than spiritually, mm-hmm. you have a fundamental issue with yourself. Yeah. Like, if you yeah. are strictly like, there's a difference between like, oh, I'm with him because he's a sugar. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. That is clear. You, that is to the point. Yeah. yeah. You know, you go broke because you made a bad deal. 
Sorry, you're not sugar anymore. Right. You're sweet and low. That's bad yeah. for you. Whatever. Which you go into that relationship knowing what's correct. What's being offered and put on the table. But if you're 15 years in and you say, "Oh, you you are not making enough money," mm -hmm. like, well, then what do you do? Are you making money? Like, what do you? What's what's yeah. going on? But, but it's it's so common in the gay community to like have those kinds of standards like you have to be stronger You have to be more muscular. You have to have a bigger butt. You need to be prettier. You need to be younger looking You need to smile nice in Instagram photos that so that we can look really good. Why do you think that is? Tell us Dan. How long have queer people been in our face social media everyday lives in our homes how long? Social, uh, media. social media. Like how long? Like literally Give me a time frame. Yeah. So you look at heteronormative relationships. <clears throat> they have been in our lives in modern day society mm -hmm. for almost ever. Oh yeah. Queer culture has such a blip and mm -hmm. all they had mm -hmm. was queer safe club like spaces. Yeah. And anytime you go to the, it's, think about it. When, and I even think about this. When, when I was in college and I would go to like straight, those straight like frat parties, it is way worse. It is the, the, the biggest muscles are hosting it. The hottest chicks are hosting it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we're just, when, you, when we, we didn't have, the normal like we didn't grow up and there wasn't gay cartoons there wasn't beauty and the beast beauty wasn't a man and beast was a beast beauty was a woman yeah. we were almost laughed at it was always the queer ones were on tv were always the bougie ones mm -hmm. they were always the gay best friend that would do your makeup mm -hmm. or the muscly daddies that would work out it was always a stereotype it was never a story mm -hmm. it was always they were in the straight people's lives right. for a reason when we mold straight people mm -hmm. when you look at let's just say we're in the suburbs we're in Cranston Rhode Island right now yeah we have a 50 year old straight couple nine times out of ten that woman is wearing designer we're gonna say like the upper class the bougie right, right. the bougie women fillers all this mm -hmm. They're wearing clothes designed by homos. Mm -hmm. They are getting their hair done mm -hmm. by things that were originally styled from homos. They are getting their makeup inspiration mm -hmm. from homos. Mm -hmm. And those straight men are just saying, yeah, whatever you want, honey, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> so we've never had that acceptance by straight people that yes, you actually do shape our society. Right. The music that you listen to, everything, it's either done or majority of the time it's stolen from the queer communities. But it's just up until recently that we were given a spotlight. Queer people could be on TV. And now more than ever, we're almost like, not idolized, but it's like hmm. when we watch like, especially when I'm in drag, Oh my God, I get objectified, like I am a Barbie. They can just touch me, mold me, do whatever they want. I'm not, I'm not doing this for the, for the heteronorm. I'm doing this, <laughs> I'm doing this because this is my art to rebel, mm -hmm. essentially. 
And they're sitting over there geeking and gagging over it because they think it's for them. And no, it's for me. Right. It's for every little homosexual that didn't want to come out and didn't want to be go out in public and see like that because they didn't want mommy to come home and see them playing through their makeup or daddy to see them in mom's heels. Mm -hmm. No, bitch. I'm running up and down that restaurant, probably falling, but I'm still in my heels mm -hmm. and I'm still doing it. And that's the difference. And that's why... Gay men always have to be more. It's because we never were anything to society. We have to be bigger than that because we wouldn't be seen unless we were bigger. All the gay designers growing up were the biggest name. So we think as local queer designers, we have to be this big name. Mm -hmm. Little queer singers, nope, there's Clay Aiken, there's whatever. They always had to be this bigger level. Yeah. So of course they want to be the biggest and the baddest because that's the only reason why we were seen. Totally That's my agree. perspective. That's not why it is, but no, I totally agree. I would only add that exponentially that with the social media it just okay. has right. become boom. Correct. Because it's a good point you bring out. It's like why do all they need to be muscular or do all they need to be pretty? I always feel like no, they are not all. Mm -hmm. No. We that's what we are seeing and we're fed constantly in the media Correct. and on Instagram because in the social by the social circle that you relate, you start going to certain parties and you become friends with certain people, and then that drags you to same people that is certain type that you're following. Yeah. But there's a lot of groups and a lot of parties and a lot of people is like work. Some friends is like, where can I meet a guy that is gonna be at the library sitting and nerdy type skinny? It's like there's no more <laughs> like go that. Go to so a like, fucking yeah, library, so like, stupid. Go yeah. to the library. Don't go to the circuit party. You're gonna <laughs> find them there. So, Me and that circuit party like. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> Where are all the queens? <laughs> no, right? Like, open up, go to your circles, right? No, I'm glad that you said that because a lot of I don't know. I feel like I, I still know. disagree. I still disagree. I really. What I yeah. found is that if what I have found is that even at times, even the nerdy types, even the types in the library reading the book, even they still desire that prototype on Instagram that I think everybody does <laughs> because it's popular yeah everybody wants what's popular mm -hmm. it's just it's just the way it is think about it when when you're in elementary school you might not have liked the popular kid mm -hmm. but you wanted to be the popular kid yeah. mm -hmm. that's it at the end, it's all about the attention of how many people you have following and how many people want you. And it's not so much about how much you love yourself, but mm -hmm. some, you are seeking again the approval of the love of other people. You want to be the popular kid. And you I love it. You want to have <laughs> a, you know, a, much, a bunch of friends. Yeah. Which it takes me to the things that we were talking before about um, um, love and the guy that, you know, that, that wasn't making enough money and all that. It's like sometimes we love people for what they make you feel feel is your ego it's like what you make me feel that's why i love you because you make me give me status give me this give me that give me that mm. are you really loving that person for who it is and for that person not expecting anything in right. reward uh, back or are you used because what that person brings to you it's like so you're loving yourself you're not loving the other person and same with all these people that you follow and you physically want to be like them is because they're going to bring you some, again, your stats and they're going to give you validation mm -hmm. and that you're part of the crowd and that you're part of this. But I would say the streets are going in the same direction with the social media. Yeah, you see, true. like, they're using the same clothes as the gays like they always wanted. <laughs> they're getting buffered by the day and the girls right. are doing this. Like, there right. is almost, like, no division. But then, but then at the so end of the day, we are the, we are the ones that 
that the their girls are always geeking over and then they get mad at us and fucking hate crime us. Oop, sorry. But bleep that out. But that but that's but that's the thing is that we either create the trends and people live or the trends are stolen and denied. Like, oh the gays didn't do that. The gays didn't do that. Like, well we did. But it's okay. We'll give you one we'll give you one we'll give you one fun thing. It's fine. So I think that we'll have to continue this conversation in a, in a future podcast, right? But I do have one last question. How do you want other people to see you? As a full-blown biker dyke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've never thought about that. <laughs> How they see me. I don't know, I think it's very difficult because every person is going to see you a different way. Like we were talking different personalities, where you are, where you're at, how are you behaving, and they're going to have a different perception of you. Uh, you really sit with them and live a few days or travel with them and get to know a little bit more of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can kind of get a glimpse of who you are or where mm-hmm. you're that moment in life and that present in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do I see? I think ideally I would want to be seen neutral. Not mm-hmm. judge mm-hmm. by my looks or by what you're wearing or what you're saying in your first sentence or where mm-hmm. you're hanging out. Mm-hmm. I think that would be ideal to me. Just come with an open mind mm-hmm. and get to know me. Yeah. Uh, instead of having like, a, you know, an idea of immediately of who they expect I'm going to be. I want people to look at me and we go, wow, that is a <laughs> vapid bitch. <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> What's that from? She's like, oh, you're so vapid. Thank you. Oh, house bunny. Um, see, that's something, that question, I struggle with mm-hmm. constantly. Because as Daniel mm-hmm. and as an advocate for mental health mm-hmm. and as someone that works in mental health mm-hmm. and I work like, I'm, I'm not... I, I, my specialty is the ITUs. So I'm doing like schizoactive disorders, like bipolar one, bipolar three, like stuff that people cannot live Mm -hmm. or be by themselves in society and be safe Mm -hmm. to themselves and others. As Daniel, I don't ever want to lose control of myself Mm -hmm. because I've seen what happens when people lose control of their mind and it's sad Mm. it is heartbreaking and some people it's just it's it's trauma it's mostly it's mostly trauma let's let's be real it's most of the time it's always trauma everyone's like yeah they like smoked weed once and they've never been the same no bitch (laughs) it's it was not that but as Danul it's almost like the exact opposite. Like I want people to just let loose and be as not crazy, but like yeah. in drag, I just want you to let go. Yeah. Like if you want to be sad, be sad with me. I'll, I'll give you sad. Mm-hmm. If you want to get angry, I'll, I'll give you angry. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't want to lose myself, but also I kind of like that. Like living on the edge of like, Edge of glory, I guess. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lady Gaga. Edging. Edging. Oh, oh no. another. <laughs> that's, that's the other different. podcast, babe. That's our second season. Jeez. <laughs> a little sneak peek. Back to sex. <laughs> For 
Was that the end of your thought? Oh, I get. I could go on for hours about that, but we don't have hours. <laughs> um, one thing that, and you all can chime into this too, but one thing that I've recognized in my life is that I feel like sometimes people see parts of me in certain spaces, and then they assume that's my the whole of me, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and I feel like a few years ago I was really into my career, and I was so focused on my career that. I think the impression that people got of me was that I was boring and because I was so focused on what I wanted, my goals, right? And then, you no, <laughs> and then years later when like, you know, I, I was healing through past trauma, through relationships, through mental health issues, through, um, you know, family issues, everything, everything, right? And then I started to just focus on myself, right? And I, and I dedicated more time to my fitness. I started posting more. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did, Mama. Me, on the other hand. Oh. <laughs> but I started posting 16 more. Weeks, no. <laughs> 16 weeks. <laughs> um, and I feel like I've been called a slut and a whore more this past year than I... Because you are. <laughs> but it's so funny that like when you feel really proud about your results and you want to post it on social media, it's like automatically seen as like... You are trying to, or everybody has to look thirst like thirst traps, right? Yeah, right, you right. Know? But I feel like because they're insecure, da, da, da. and I think yeah, maybe that's where that comes from too. And but it's, sometimes it feels like like can you just see me as a whole person, right? Like I can be both things. Like I can be really focused, goal oriented, and I can like be um, carefree and loving myself and sex positive, and drugged out at a circuit party, and drugged out at a circuit party. Correct. <laughs> And that, that can be, like, a whole person. But it also, like, I'm capable of growth and change, you know? Correct. Like a flower. Like a flower. <laughs> so, any, any last words to wrap up? How do you feel right now? If you have any last words, what, are, what would that be? Your mental health is way more important than what any... Anything, anything, because I put my mental health aside probably for five years in a previous relationship because I wanted them to be happy with me mm-hmm. rather than myself just doing it and being happy with myself. I always had to prove something and that is binding that will that that is the type of like self I'm not I'm not even blaming the other person because I could have left that relationship at any time but I just wasn't looking in I really wasn't until like we said like with COVID Mm -hmm. I completely unraveled myself and I saw everything that I needed to make change and I I always tell, even like my patients, I'm like, your journey to your goal of mental health is more important than anything else. Anything else. And if people are going to stand in your way to that change, then they are not, then they are not in your goal. That's, it's, it's that simple. So agree with that and just to I would say for people to remove the stigma of mental health because that's their main block 
for every person not right. not to go to the therapist or just even to talk about it correct and every day every aspect of your life is related to your mental health right like all the patients that i see i would say like 50 percent are straight up mental health issues and the <laughs> other 50 percent is a physical plus a mental health issue so right. everybody has a mental health right and uh, nobody wants to a lot of them don't want to talk about it don't want to and they don't access the stigma the right and the stigma so that's the best thing they can do to have a fulfilling life and journey of happiness is to take care of their mental health. Per. Per. <laughs> Period. Well, that was the end of our podcast. Thank you both so much. You all dug really deep and were so vulnerable. And I appreciate that immensely because I think you're feeding the minds of young people and people who listen to this podcast. Now I'm going to go home and cry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs>